0: You're tuned in to the Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com And now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. We gotta stay on fire for Jesus. Are you on fire for Jesus? If you're not, let's get you there. What is it going to take to get you fired up? Don't ever let a past version of yourself be the be the version of yourself that was more in fire than you are now. We should always be growing and going deeper and also rekindling the fire. You know, when I first came to know Jesus, I remember I sat in, it was a, a Bible study that somebody had invited me to at this church that I had just started going to. And so I went there, And I was so fired up for Jesus because of what he had just done in my life in pulling me out of darkness, in setting me free from bondage, from sin, from discouragement, from evil, because this world is dark. I think sometimes we forget just how dark the world is. If we live in a Christian bubble and we're in that bubble long enough, sometimes we forget just how dark it is to live in the world, how hopeless it is to live in the world. If you've been a Christian for a while, I want you to just think about that because there are folks out there right now that have zero hope. They have none. They're depressed. They live a life of temporary fixes. You know, maybe they'll drink themselves to sleep but then they wake up, they're hungover, they don't feel good and the problem isn't fixed. The problem isn't fixed. It's still the same problem and that's because it's a band-aid. It's a temporary thing. There's people that are going out and, and having sex with tons of people. I mean, I know this sounds so foreign to you if you're Christian, but listen, I came from the world. I'm telling you right now, there were women that went to clubs and men. Oh, men were worse probably, but both. There was both men and women. And I don't want to say the women weren't doing it because they were, and you know what I'm talking about, that were in the club scene that I I kid you not would go home with a different person every week, maybe even more. I'm talking about relationships that were meaningless. One night stands. With, with so many folks that they couldn't even tell you how the names of all the people they slept with. I know that sounds bizarre if you've been in the Christian world for a while, but I'm telling you, there, there are folks right now in America that are on fentanyl, that are, that are on opioids, that are addicted. There are people right now in our country that are on crack and on methamphetamine and they are hopeless beyond belief. When, when you're on methamphetamine, you, you don't sleep. You understand that? You don't sleep. And so they're up for several days sometimes in these, on these binges. And imagine what that's doing to the body because when you sleep, you're replenishing yourself. They're up for days and they, they age prematurely because they're so hard on their body. A lot of these folks die young. Suicides are at an all-time high right now, all-time high. Now, there are people all around saying that we're in revival right now. And I believe we are in the beginning stages but I'm telling you right now if we were in full-fledged revival to the point where, you know, it was it was like uh, some of the great awakenings of the past, these things wouldn't still be happening at the rate that they are. We're still seeing an increase. Incre- and and it's because the 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 news is so awful. The world is so awful right now. It is so dark that even those without Jesus know something is very wrong. Very wrong. You can go anywhere. Look, if you don't get into the Republican-Democrat thing and you just get into a conversation with anybody anywhere, pretty much, anywhere on the street. You know, I sit down next to people on planes or different places that I go, some people that are complete strangers, and we just get into conversation sometimes. And no, I'm not one of those people that annoyingly talks to you on the... Plane if you don't want to talk so that's not me personally but i'm just telling you like sometimes you know it's it's a god appointment or you know somebody just has something a question or i have a question we start talking naturally organically and all of a sudden we start having the talk you know that what's the talk on the street and i will tell say republican democrat rich poor black white doesn't matter what everybody says in this time and, and i i guarantee you that if you Try this, or you probably know this if you're a talker like me where you do have these types of conversations, but if you're an introvert and you never have these or you just don't get out much, I'm telling you, if you try it, next time you go to the supermarket, next time you go to the, the coffee shop, you'd be amazed. People are willing to talk to you if you if you start a dialogue. In fact, some people are very nice. Now, there are some mean pe- people out there. You got to ignore those people. They're always going to get those people. Don't let those people discourage you somebody's nasty and they lash out. That's their problem. You're not their problem. Trust me. I get people all the time trying to blame me as if I'm the problem. No, I'm not the problem. Clearly there's more problems in your life because you don't even know me. You can't possibly be that mad at me. So there are those folks out there, but there's a lot of good folks. There's a lot of folks that are out there that are good folks that, that just don't have they want to know they, they, they kind of read a little bit of, maybe they heard a Joel Osteen's message and I know some of you don't like him and I'm certainly not advocating for him, but I will tell you, there's a lot of people that are not Christians that may turn on his broadcast once in a while because it's inspirational. Let's just be honest. And so I, I pray that those people that he's a segue or a bridge to get to a deeper relationship with Jesus. I am not adamantly against him like some are, but I do think that some of the things he said are incorrect. Like when he was on Oprah. Straight is the way; narrow is the gate that leads to salvation. I also often talk about best life. Now that book, I think, is right. His wife wrote one of them. wrote Maybe both of them. But the the key is, is that that's not me. Obviously, you guys know that. If you listen to this program, I, I think that I would love to see a guy like Joel Osteen become a remnant person, but I don't believe he is. But I'm not here to bash him either. I think that that God uses certain people. Like for me, there was this movie. There was this movie that I I think it was like a gangster movie back in the day. I forget what the, I think it was called. Gosh, what was it? Was it Belly? I think it was Belly, maybe. And it was, you know, it was, it was about drug dealers and everything. But at, towards the end of the movie, there was a preacher and uh, the, the rapper that was the star in the movie, I think it was DMX, uh, ended up giving his heart to the Lord. And I related to that. That movie was actually something that in that period of time in my life actually ministered to me. I know it sounds crazy. Who knows? Maybe somewhere in there, there was a Christian involved. And that's why they had the storyline the way it was. So you'd be surprised the things that God can use that we as you know Christians sometimes get religious about and and we don't think that God can use it. Well, God, God is not worried about those things. He he just it's not a spirit of religion. God is about soul saving. God is about us, our heart. He wants us to come to him with free will and accept him as our Lord and Savior. And he'll use things. And I know some of you know what I'm talking about. He'll use things. So I'm not I'm not against like, I don't think that, you know, what Joel does. Is necessarily like, you know, anti God, even though he's not teaching the way I teach. And I, I wouldn't sit in his services and I don't agree with him. I think he's a, um, you know, wide gate kind of guy. And I preach against that. So I'm, I'm not advocating him. But what I'm saying is God can use anything. And he does use things. He does use things that we wouldn't think movies and different things like that. You, you, experiences. You know, I often tell the story when I was in Hollywood, I used to go out in the clubs before I got saved. And there was a person that was leading worship on the sidewalk. And that ministered to me that I I felt the spirit of God. I didn't know what I was feeling, but I knew I felt the spirit of some. I knew something was happening when I was there. Emotion started happening. Well, you know, tears started welling up. I knew that something was different, you know, and I knew I was in sin. You inherently know when you're in sin, by the way. How do I know this? Well, let me tell you some stories. Time I remember we were in front of an abortion clinic. And we were standing there with the life tape over our mouths. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where you get a big piece of tape and it says life, and you stand there and people come, and they hate it when Christians do that. They hate it. But we were there, and I remember um, you know, people coming in and seeing us there, and just us there, just our presence there convicted them. And there were, there were women that were about to get an abortion that prayed with some of the people on the team there, and they ended up not getting the abortion. I remember one time as a, as a pastor in L.A., that a mom came in and she said, I'm going to have an abortion. I said, please don't do that. She says, well, why? I said, because it's, it's murder. It's against the word of God. And plus, God has a plan for that child. And you need to have that child. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. And, and I don't take credit for it. But that woman ended up, after our conversation, she didn't get the abortion. She had the little girl. And that little girl is like old now because I've been doing this for so long. I mean, she's like in her late teens, maybe even 18 at this point or 19. But uh, you know, I remember that many, many years ago. And uh, she's a precious little girl, and the mom has written me over the years and said, "Thank you so much for speaking to me, because I would have aborted this child, and I would have never had this amazing daughter that I have now, and I'm so thankful that God put you in, you know, our path." And so, anyway, listen, uh, I'm not taking credit. I hope you understand what I'm saying, but we all have to do this. We've got to minister. We've got to have the fire. We've got to have the fire of God. And so, I want to talk about the fire of God. I kind of got off a little tangent there, but. Uh, this is the Todd Coconato Show. My website is pastortod.org and we're talking about staying on fire for Jesus and getting more on fire for him in a world full of distractions and challenges and keeping our spiritual fervor alive. It's crucial. So let's let's dive into this and how we can keep our hearts ablaze for the Lord. This is what we got to do. You know, the concept of being on fire for Jesus is all about maintaining zeal, maintaining passion being, you know, putting it in perspective and, and then our dedication to our walk with Jesus Christ. We, the, the last season season of your life should never be one where you had more fire than you do now. You should be going deeper. And if you're not, take the time today, my goodness, take the time today to spend that time in the secret place and to get fired up. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Well, there it is. This verse reminds us that our service to God should be energetic and enthusiastic. But do we really maintain this? So back to that group that I had visited, that you know, group of Bible study way back in the day. And they said to me, they looked at me, they said, you must be new. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, because that won't last. What they meant is the fire. The fire won't last. Well, listen, 25, 26 years later, the fire's still on me. In fact, I think I'm more on fire now than I've ever been before. But how does that happen? It happens because I spend the time in the presence of the Lord and I get fired up. When I know that my fire is dimming, I do what it takes to get back on fire. And this is what I want everybody to understand on here because it's not me. It's, It's us inquiring of the Spirit of God and saying, Lord, I am burnt out. I'm tired. I'm weary. I need to get back on fire for you. How is that going to happen? The Lord will show you. He'll show you. We've, we've got to constantly fuel our faith. Just like a fire needs wood. You know, our spiritual fire needs the word. Just just like a, a fire in, in that you're making in your backyard needs more wood or more fuel. Our spiritual fire needs more word of God. That's why it says that's where faith comes from. That's why the enemy's been attacking the word of God so much. So let's consider Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. See, when we immerse ourselves in the scripture, we're not just reading words, we're engaging with the living truth that energizes our spirit. Don't be conformed to the things of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So prayer, prayer is another way to keep our spiritual fire burning. You know, in Colossians 4.2, Colossians 4.2, it encourages us. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Listen to this. Prayer is our direct line to God. It's a way to keep our hearts aligned with his will and our spirits attuned to his voice. Oh, we got to do that, friends. Are we doing that? We got to do that. Please, don't let yourself get burnt out. When the trials of life comes, when the tests of life come, don't let yourself get weary. Don't let yourself get burned out. So, so let's just go through the, these, because I want to make sure you got this. Number one, you got to maintain the zeal. You got to understand what spiritual fire is. And that's where the scripture says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Number two, stoking those flames of faith. Just like the fire that needs the wood, our spiritual fire needs the word of God. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and sharper than any two-edged sword. We've got to immerse ourselves in the word. Number three, the power of prayer. Prayer is another way to keep our spiritual fire burning. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. God requires that of us. He wants that of us. He desires that of us. He wants our time. He wants to spend time. He's a good father that wants to spend time with you. Spend time with me. Fellowship and community. What about that? You've got to have community. That's why we have the Remnant Core Group. If you're not a part of it, join it. The Remnant Core Group online. Just go on Facebook, Remnant Core Group. Put it in the in the search engine on, on Facebook, and you'll see it'll pop up and join it, especially if I'm your pastor. That's what it's for. Or, you know, you're part of this community. You listen to this broadcast regularly. And we just want to know you. We want, we want to give an opportunity there too. If, if you, We have a once a month Zoom call. We've now layered on a, a, another Zoom call, which is a leadership call each month. And I'm going to try my best with my schedule to do both those calls each month. There may be some months where I can't. But in the leadership call, we're teaching you how to be a leader. And some of the pitfalls of leadership. There's a lot of pitfalls. We got to go through those. So let us consider one another, Hebrews 24 through 25. Actually, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembled together of the brethren. So in community, we find encouragement. We find accountability. We find the shared joy and relationship and desire to serve the Lord. And when you're down, somebody else can lift you up. How many times in your life have you lifted someone up or you've had somebody lift you up in a season where you were discouraged? Sure. That's community. That's one of the main reasons why we get together, encouraging one another and strengthening each other in Christ, sharpening each other. So so I encourage you, whether it's online or in person, that you start developing relationships in Christ. And listen, I'm going to say something right now. Sometimes there's some weird people, and you may try to engage them, and they may not either want to engage, or they may snap at you, or they may hurt you. And I'm just going to tell you, there are people like that in the church, so let's just get it out there. But not everybody is like that. So if you have been burned, Don't be like a turtle and retract into your shell. I'm speaking to somebody right now. And listen, I say this in all love. And I'm like you. I've been hurt. But the deal is we got to trust again. We got to go out there. Not everybody's a bad apple. So just because you've had bad experiences, that's actually part of life. It's pretty normal. But not everybody's bad. Not every pastor is bad and every church is bad. You know, there's obviously people that have fallen, that have done stupid things, that have done scandals and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's the human nature. And, and so unfortunately, those people weren't really fit or they somehow lost their way or they, they probably weren't on fire anymore. They started looking at it as a business or, you know, something else other than what the body of Christ is meant to be. But we're meant to, to, to stir one another up in love and in good works and not forsake assembling together, whether it's online or in person. Again, we have those Zoom meetings. I would encourage you to join them. Number five, serving with passion, serving with passion. Our faith ignites when we serve. Our faith ignites when we serve others. Galatians 5.13, it tells us this, through love, serve one another. Well, there's a lot of people who don't want to serve anymore. Why is that? Well, they don't know the scripture. If the scripture says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. A lot of people come in trying to pressure, wherever it is, if you ever led a ministry, you know this to be true, but it's even happening more now where folks come in and they want to pressure you to be a leader right away. They want to be a leader. Well, I'm not saying you're not a leader, and I'm not saying that in time you won't be a leader, but you got to serve your way. Serve your way to leadership. Serve your way. you got to serve. Then the Lord will lift you up. Listen, if not, there, somewhere else. God sees all. He knows all. He, he's looking for those who are servants. And through love, you want to serve one another, and God will lift you up. Number six, we've got to witness Jehovah witnesses are witnessing Muslims are witnessing but Christians have lost their way when it comes to witnessing I don't see a lot of people witnessing anymore do you maybe you do I hope you're witnessing but listen sharing our faith keeps us on fire it's a skill set we've got it we've got to know I, I love street ministers because I will tell you they have sharp skill set when it comes to ministry of the gospel if you find a good street preacher that's been out there trust me he's been or she's been, you know, denied a million times, cursed at, cussed at. People probably try to hit them at one point, you know, or maybe, maybe often, depending on where they're ministering. Some people go into really difficult neighborhoods, difficult places, difficult cities. And, but, but if you are one of those people, you have a heart to be a street minister, or you're somebody that's out there, not, not in the church, but outside the four walls, God bless you. Thank you. I can work with those folks. I love those folks. I'm one of you. I've done it. And the reason why I did is because I know that even though there's many people to minister inside the church, there's more people outside the church. We got to get outside the four walls. And by the way, those are the best Christians because when somebody who's been broken and lost in this dark world comes to know Jesus, whoo baby, watch out, watch out. And, and I think that we tend to recycle the saints. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, people are throwing different gatherings and, and, and what they want to do is they just want every Christian from the church Or, you know, that they're connected with or whatever. Everybody's got to show up just to get numbers. That's not what it's about. Now, listen, will those people sometimes catch the fire more so or, you know, something will change them? Of course, that does happen all the time. But the deal is, is when you get the unchurched people, you get the folks that are out there in the hopeless, dying world in this nation or anywhere around the world right now, and you share the truth of the gospel and they catch the fire, my God, it's uncharted waters. I mean, it's, it was such a game changer for me. Look what the Lord has done. And look what he's done in you. Look what the Lord has done in your life. Now, I want to talk to you for a few minutes here because I've gone through some scriptures, but I want to go through some more. I got five scriptures I'm going to read, okay? And I want you to have these on your mind today because they're going to further inspire you to stand fire for Jesus. And that's why I love scripture because it is the word. Just like the fire needs the wood, you need the word. Just like a fire needs the, the wood to be on you know, to, to, for the flames to get hotter and the fire to get bigger, you need the word of God for the same thing in Christ. Matthew 5.16 says this, let your life so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Oh yeah, they know you by your fruit. That's right, they know you by your fruit. Joshua one eighteen. Joshua one eighteen. it's the book of law, it says the book of law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it. How long? Day and night. Day and night. God wants us meditating on his word. Again, it's stoking the flames of fire in your life. I will tell you right now, if somebody is not on fire for the Lord, it's probably because they haven't been spending much time in the word or in prayer. Because somebody that's spending a lot of time in the word of God is not gonna be a dim light. Unless you're just checking the time card and you're not really listening to what the word's saying. But if you're in it and you're listening and you're learning and you're asking the Lord to give you fresh revelation and vision. Oh, man, I'm telling you, every day of my life, there's still new scriptures that I have never heard, even though I've read through the Bible completely several times. There, there are several times a day that I get into the scripture and I find things that I've never seen before because I get to study. It's, it's a great thing. I love what I do. I get to study the word of God so I can preach the word of God and I can do it effectively because I know the word of God. But it's, it's not only that. For me, it keeps me on fire. And so if you need, if you want to get on fire, get in the word. If you want to be a lover of the word, don't, don't receive the problem. I'm going to tell you why there's a big problem. One reason there's many, but one reason why we're having a big problem in the church right now is because folks think they got to go to somebody else to get the fire. No, you don't. You can get the fire right now, wherever you are. You don't have to go to a conference. You don't have to go to some big preacher. You don't have to go somewhere where you think there might be a revival happening. And maybe there is. And all those things are not bad. They're not bad. Sometimes they're bad, but usually they're not as long as they're teaching sound doctrine. But the deal is you don't have to do that to get on fire. Some of the times when I've got the most on fire have been when I've been in my prayer closet alone. And the Lord just started revealing himself to me in such an amazing way. I'm telling you guys. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do anything. You can accomplish anything. You You can do anything. Oh, but Todd, look at the world. It's falling apart. Well, we still have one more round. You got some time still. Not a lot. But don't mess up this time. Use this time wisely. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Get on fire. If you're on fire, the world could be literally going crazy around you, and you're walking in the presence of God and you're not phased by it one bit. You have peace, you have joy, you have rest. Another problem, see, th- th- this is another problem, okay? When, when the people go to those other people, whether it's a prophet or a pastor or whatever, and they're expecting them to give them their fix. That's actually an addiction. That's called hopium. They're, they're looking for a fix. The, the latest word. I got to hear the latest word from this guy. Because he's up there on stage running back and forth. And he's giving a word. I got to hear that. Okay. And then what is what happens? You get the word. You're excited for a little while. Wow. Powerful word. baby. last couple days. And then you're right back to where you were. Why? Because you didn't fix the problem. You put a band-aid on it. It's just like what happens in the world. You put a band-aid on it. When you go out drink, binge drinking for the night, when you, when you sleep with somebody thinking that's going to answer your, your need, it's not. The only thing that's going to answer your need is Jesus, and Jesus is the one that's going to stir you. He's going to give you a peace and a rest and a hope. You say, well, somebody died in my life recently. You can mourn. Mourning is okay. The Bible says to mourn. You should mourn, but when you're done mourning, and even when you're mourning, get in the presence of God. Let him refill you. Let him strengthen you in your faith. He will do that. He is so good to do that. Which, by the way, you know, I, I've been dealing with a lot of people that are dealing with death recently. There's been many in my circle. And actually, it's something that the Lord told me would happen. Remember that? He said more people are going to be dying and be prepared. He's, he was spot on. It's exactly what happened because God knows a lot of people are losing people and pets and different things right now. And I know it's, it's not fun. It's never fun. It's hard. It's horrible. It's a, it's a horrible thing because we mourn them. We miss them. We miss them in the flesh. We, we miss the ability to call them, to pick up a phone and to call them. But here's the thing is, if they're a Christian, they're literally in the presence of God right now. They wouldn't want to come back. I promise you that. They wouldn't want. So what we have to do is we have to get our mind in the place that we understand that, hey, God took them home. We'll understand it better by and by. We miss them. But our job and our mission is not done. We've got a mission to do. We've got work to do. So then we get on fire for the Lord. We spend time in the secret place. We get recharged. We get strengthened in our faith. And we do the things that I talked about today. I'm going to recap them in just a moment here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, including moving forward after a loss. He's with you. He loves you. He's going to give you the strength. Call upon his name today. Call upon his name today. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy one, uh, one 1.6. It says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Maybe that's what you need right now. You got to stir up that gift. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir up that gift in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Stir it up. Revelation 3, 15 through 16. Revelation 3, 15 through 16. It says this, I know your works that are neither cold nor hot. So then because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be that person. Let the Lord stir your heart. Now is the time. God is calling you. You're not here by mistake today. You're not here by mistake today. Let's recap it. We've got one minute left here. Let's recap it. Number one, number one, understand spiritual fire. We've got to understand what it is. We've got to be on fire for God. Never lacking zeal, but keep your fervor serving the Lord. Keep your fervor. The Lord says to do that. Stoking the flames of faith. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Get in the word of God. Get in the word of God. Make sure you do that. Uh, number three, the power of prayer. Make sure you become a prayer warrior. Prayer warrior. Number four, fellowship and community. Be in fellowship. When, you know. Don't forsake the assembly together of the brethren. Number five, serving. Do it with a passion. Number six, witness. Make sure you're out there witnessing. And if you do these things, You will be on fire for God. Get into the word of God. I love you. I bless you. PastorTodd.org is the website. PastorTodd.org. We love you. We'll be back tomorrow.